Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Good morning, it's Mary Stone. Welcome to the screen porch. I'd actually hoped to record last evening, but the cicada sounds were so loud and we're still hearing them now. (laughs) It is definitely the sound of back to school in my mind, although we're still a few weeks away, but um, we actually spoke about cicadas back to school in episode three, which also includes a story about Garden's Glow, which is one of my favorites. So anyway, I so enjoyed hearing back from several of you since the last episode where we shared garden blessings with Rosemary DiTrolio. Nature and gardens can sure be soothing and therapeutic, right? So today I look forward to sharing a story inspired by a party I was invited to with folks that I had never met. And so I thought bringing a bouquet of flowers from my garden would be nice and maybe a few things from along the road just a few. Then I added a favorite plant to the bouquet that not many know about, reminding me of a walk in a particular meadow I look forward to telling you about, and it starts like this. Hello, fellow readers. I was delighted to attend a pool party over the weekend and decided to make a bouquet for the hosts. I gathered cuttings from the garden, including robust hydrangea flowers, a gorgeous deep bluish purple, They are the same hydrangeas Kurt kind-heartedly pruned close to the ground in early spring a handful of years ago. He confused them with butterfly bush I asked him to cut back as they benefit from rejuvenation pruning each spring. But not so much the hydrangeas, dear Kurt. In fact, don't ever cut hydrangeas down that far. After two summers with no flowers, the hydrangeas that bloom on old wood, they were planted by previous owners, so I have no idea the variety, rebounded to be profuse bloomers. Their recovery and colorful display is why I've grown so attached to them, and Kurt has such happiness of the outcome of his blunder, (laughs) his unintentional rejuvenation pruning. I snagged a few Queen Anne's lace along the road while walking Jolie, leaving plenty for pollinators. Queen Anne's lace is also called wild carrot. Today's edible carrots were cultivated from Queen Anne's lace, which is also a companion plant to crops. They can boost tomato plant production when kept nearby and provides a microclimate of cooler, moister air for lettuce when intercropped amongst them. On the other hand, the USDA has listed it as a pest in pastures as its seeds persist for two to five years, yet beneficial bugs such as caterpillars and the eastern black swallowtail butterfly eat the leaves and pollinators drink the nectar. When we returned home, I clipped stems of my short-toothed mountain mint, now flourishing in a swath below where two stately hemlocks once stood. Its silvery bracts are showy below demure pinkish flowers. The bountiful bees and butterflies dancing from July to September make the best of show. It's really true. When you walk by this whole swath of them, you should see the dance of the pollinators. And it really lights up a garden, those showy bracts. Not many people know about mountain mint. I first learned about it by a client who wanted a front lawn alternative, and later we renovated her backyard 
which had a severely steep slope, making it into a usable space with garden steps and landings. Stephanie wished for short-toothed mountain mint, and I had the benefit of leftover plants that are now thriving in my garden. I wrote about Stephanie's steep woodland garden and front lawn alternatives that you can look for on the Garden Dilemmas website. I'll put the links in the show notes. In fact, maybe it should be a future episode. A side note on flower bracts, such as those that mountain mint have, they are modified leaves that Mother Nature created just below the flowers to help protect the budding flower and attract pollinators. Most know that the leaves of poinsettias are bracts, and their flowers are the tiny yellow bud-like thingies in the center. The same is true of the lovely white and pink display of dogwood trees in the spring. Short-toothed mountain mint grows about two to three feet tall with multiple stems. It's happy living along a woodland's edge or in a meadow. Speaking of them brings memories of special walks with my friend and go-to mystery solver of unknown critters and plants. Dennis Breedy nurtures nature with glorious fields surrounding his home in Blairstown, New Jersey, with views of the ridge where the Appalachian Trail runs through it. As we meander the paths, among the meadow are thriving native perennials, loved by pollinators and songbirds. Most are highly deer-resistant. There's goldenrod with masses of bright golden flowers, blazing stars, which is liatris, with spiky rose-purple flowers rising above its grassy foliage. Plus bee balm, which is also called bergamot, the botanical name is monarda, with puffy mops of light purple flowers, and the classic sunny yellow native black-eyed Susans, Rebecca herta, mixed with cone flowers, which is echinacea, with lavender petals and orange-brown centers. It's the same echinacea used to make herbal tea or supplements to strengthen the immune system. Dennis's narrow-leaved mountain mint and Virginia mountain mint are different varieties than mine, creating clouds of white flowers and waves throughout the meadow. His enthusiasm with coming upon three juniper hair streak butterflies was contagious. I had to look closely to appreciate the ornate green, taupe, and white streak details of these rare-to-see petite beauties with only an inch wingspan. The next day, he recorded 16 juniper hair streaks in a two-hour butterfly survey, during which he found 20 species. A very productive day. He's recorded like 70 species of butterflies on his property to date. He is kind of a quirky fellow in the sense that he just sits there and records them. I don't know if quirky is the right word. I think it's actually somebody that uh, marvels over nature, as we all do, right? My favorite marvel during our walk was a Virginia tiger moth. When her wings are closed, she's a beautiful light beige with black zebra stripes. When she opens her two-inch wingspan, red with black polka dots reveal. Quite a fashion statement that hopefully never go out of style. Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com so, of course, there's photographs of these beauties on the Garden Dilemmas website. I'll put the link to the column in the show notes. There's also a longer version of the walk in a meadow when I was walking with Dennis years ago, and uh, afterwards he sent a very funny story, which I'm going to share with you. He has such a gift of sharing accounts of critter visits. Remember the bluebird that tapped on the glass for mealworm handouts? He begins his story. This year, I placed the bowl high on the deck rail from the slider. Friends visiting marveled at the bluebirds when a bear I named Buddy came by. Only a few feet from Buddy, a bobcat meandered. 
the biggest one I've ever seen. Not far behind, a doe was grazing. It was amazing to see all of them so close together. Dennis animated excitement in full gear. The bobcat tucked into the brush, so I. Dennis paused to demonstrate the sound of a rabbit in distress by bringing his lips to his arm and blowing air. I recall as a child a similar antic, but didn't know it was a call to the wild. <laughs> the bobcat came back to investigate. It was amazing. As we walked along the path towards the back of the property, Dennis pointed out the large paw-shaped worn turf made by the male bears making their mark in pursuit of Buddy, who we thought was a male, until she showed up with two cubs a few years back. A female bear is either pregnant or taking care of cubs, Dennis explained. I've seen Buddy rubbing noses with two different males. She sure gets around, he chuckled. For sure she'll have a cub or two come spring. So back to the bouquet. While handing it to Karen, I noticed all around me were waves of hydrangea looking much like the ones I brought. We both giggled, and I said, well, these are from my garden, and she was very appreciative, and then I enjoyed introducing her to Mountain Mint, which she had never heard of, so that was a joyful part of it. You know, it's not about the gifts we bring, it's about the gift of giving, and what a gift it is to just be able to enjoy the world around us, all the gorgeous things nature provides and the beautiful opportunities of growing things in our gardens. And I can't thank you enough for sharing the Garden of Life with me and sharing this time on the screen porch. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if so, I would appreciate if you could share the podcast with your friends or family member that may like it as well so more can join us. Until next time, have a great day. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day.